Hey everybody, welcome to a new episode of Hallmark Heartbeats, a podcast all about Hallmark movies. I am your host, Camille. This week I have a special guest named Randy Thomas. He played Louis Chaudnand in the most recent Hallmark movie titled Baby is Cold Inside. His character was the hotel reviewer that everyone paid extra attention to. We talk about behind-the-scenes secrets, his career, and many more. Here's the interview. For our listeners, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, hi, I'm Randy Thomas. I am a Canadian actor that has had the pleasure of acting in several Hallmark films, as well as I do, I'm also a dramatic actor. Yeah. I, if you check out my IMDb, Randy I Thomas. some of the movies that uh, yeah, I've been in the business for a few years, so uh, yeah. I've got a few credits to my name. Pardon me? How long have you been acting? Pro- the- 25 years. Wow. 25 years. I started late, though. I'm 53 now. I started when I was 27. Mm. So I actually went to school for business, and then I uh, watched a little bit too much Top Gun, and I... <laughs> <laughs> What did Started following my dreams. Started following my dreams. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what what um what made you want to pursue acting? You know, you said that you were doing business for a while. So what yeah. made you like veer off? Well, to- what happened actually is uh, a business that I was managing with like one of the businesses my family owned. Uh, we we had to close it. Mm. So I was in a transitional phase, and I'd always wanted to act. Yeah. I've always wanted to act. I was president of my high school, any opportunity to get on stage. It's not that I want to be seen all the time. It, it was just one of those things where if the mic's empty, I'll take it. Yeah. But I don't <laughs> mind letting everybody else perform and I'll, I'm, I enjoyed it. I love being entertained. And so <laughs> anyway, just to finish that segue, I, I always want to be an actor, but the, the, mus- the plays in school, in high school, were all musicals. And I was an athlete, so I focused on sports. I went to university and played sports and then when this opportunity came up, I because I was going through a transition, I just moved to Montreal yep. and uh, started taking acting classes, and away I went. Did you? I um, what kind of sports did you play? I was a soccer player, a semi-pro soccer player, Ooh. and I grew up playing hockey as well. And if you notice on my resume, a Netflix series that I did, I play a professional soccer coach. Yeah. So I have the dream fulfilled there for me was to be able to, you know, I would love to have been younger and been a player. But uh, that didn't work out that way. So I was very, I was thrilled to be able to play a professional soccer coach on that Netflix series, 21 Thunder. And uh, had a great time shooting that in Montreal. And- uh, Yeah, look that up on, see if it's on, in, in the United States. Oh, it's on, it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix, so. Uh, it should be, yeah, I believe so. See it. Yeah. That sounds really cool. Um, your most recent role, I'm going to screw up your name, is Louis Chagnon. How do you say it? Listen, we were all, all messed up about this. That name changed about four times because, as you know, they have to do, uh, they have to check the rights. Right. To make sure. And uh, originally, it was uh, Louis Charon, C-H-A-R-O-N. Uh-huh. And there are, or Caron, Caron, C-A-R-O-N. Uh-huh. And, and there was actually a Louis Caron in Quebec City as a reporter. <laughs> so that was the end of that. You're like, and, done. So I, I didn't know what's going on in the background. The name had changed a couple of times. Then I show up on set and 
it's your new your name has changed to Louis. Uh, it's really Shona. Everybody who's English is calling me Shannon and and Canon, and and it was just so funny if you notice in the movie. <laughs> Again, I only learned what my name was my first day on set because it had changed so many times. Then when I showed up, it's like, oh yeah, by the way, Randy, forget the name and script. It's this now. I was like, oh, well, okay, well, it's not you know I, I can easily adjust, but it's really show no. Everybody's calling like show as in hot. Yeah. Show no. So hot no. Show no. <laughs> but uh, then it was Shannon and never and then people call me in this it, during the scenes and I'm like looking at them going, you're really not pronouncing name right, but I guess it's kind of funny because it's French. So uh, we we just let it go. We just let it go. We along. The whole time I'm thinking to myself like he should have just stayed with Mr. Green. <laughs> well, the whole point. See, see, this is the thing. We we were debating because Mr. Green was obviously an alias. Yes. That because apparently my character doesn't want to be recognized. But throughout the Your movie, picture, that, that, that the thing that cracked me up was you don't want to be recognized, but your picture was on your website. So <laughs> I'm like, how is he not recognizable, but his picture is right there. But that, <laughs> but that was the tongue in cheek of it all. Is that, that, that when I spoke to Marita, the director, who's absolutely fantastic to work with, yes. love working with her, she uh, said to me, Randy, I don't want you to be a, a stereotypical, what people would think this character would be. I'd rather him be, try to be a little more angelic in a way at the end of the movie where I kind of am part of bringing them together. Yeah. And that you're, uh, you're watching everything that's going on at the hotel. But as far as my character being recognized, I decided that he actually really does like being recognized. <laughs> so I didn't, when I was playing, and even throughout the movie, I'd be using my accent, my American speaking English as I am yes. now. And then the director of Marie would come out, Randy, you know what, why don't you break a bit? Because I would, even if I was speaking in American, I would still speak in a French kind of cadence so that it sounded English, but for some reason there's something different about him. Yes. But she didn't want that too complicated so she just said randy i need you to break the accent into your accent a bit more so that people it's tongue-in-cheek it's it's you know what i love about hallmark movies yeah what i love about them and what a lot of people criticize them about like we know we're not making an oscar winning film here <laughs> you know that when you watch a hallmark movie there's a certain good. there's a certain range of emotions that you're going to go through nothing too too happy Nothing too, too sad. Just a little, little bit of tension here and there. There's never a villain. There's just, like, for instance, in Melinda's character, uh, Bridget, who yes. plays the hotel manager, you know, she's in love with Ben. Ben, is that, I, think I, did I forget? Yeah, it's Ben. Yeah, who uh, played by Steve Lund. But she's not evil. She's just not the right girl. You know what I mean? Like there's A and then there's A plus, which A plus is obviously the girl he ends up falling for at the end of the movie, which- I actually like Brigitte more than I liked Hannah, so. Yeah, well, no, but that's good. No, everybody, everybody is drawn to characters, right? Like, yeah. like listen, I, I listened to your review of the movie and okay. it's okay. No, don't be shy at all. Listen, I, I'm totally, I, I, we're allowed to have our opinions and, and listen, I, I, I love doing these movies as actors. Yeah. Like, 
I'm also a dramatic actor. I've got another one coming out that's more of a murder mystery kind of thing. And so my character in that is very much more level, the father, the caring dad, the, whereas when I'm in a Hallmark movie, there's a certain romance to it and everything is love and everything is, uh, um, My biggest critique with the movie was just that I didn't understand, there was not that big of a, the major storyline, the plot line, mm -hmm. I couldn't understand. Cause it's like, why was she in the hotel? Like she was doing everybody else's job, really, but her own, yeah. why she was there in the first place. And I'm like, yeah. well, well, just be a guest, just enjoy well, being in the hotel. I don't understand why you're doing all this crazy, this stuff. It, well, in a bigger, in a bigger, like imagine if this movie was a massively dramatic Hollywood <laughs> film, okay? She would be somebody, she would be the idiot savant that keeps bumbling, making mistakes and somehow fixes it, like get smart or something, right? <laughs> Where uh, Inspector Clouseau, right? right. Somehow saves the day. And, and that's what she did in this film. She knocks over the dessert and creates a second one. She always ends up saving the, the day. day. And it's so, there was, there was, I think there's a charm in that. And again, we have to remember the genre of movie this is. Yeah. Right? You know, no, I, I like I love I love listening to critiques. I, I read them online and no, I liked your character. Your character you had like some funny moments. It was for me the funniest moment was when you your lollipop got yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just sitting there going that like your face when that happened was so hilarious. I gotta give Marita the director credit for that because she she explained to me what she was looking for and and gave me references to that stone cold oh my god as opposed to getting up all shocked and upset it was just more of that oh my god or oh mon dieu my, yeah. my character and then uh when they take the hat off i i came up with the idea of having my glove stick in my hand because that's why i touched it gently and then when they take the hat off, then I go, oh my God, it's in my air. It's in my air. Like, I'm, and I'm pulling my head. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> yeah, no, you know what? I love those moments when I can make somebody laugh. And, uh, you know, these moments, like in these movies, it's, it's like, you, what's beautiful about them is that Hallmark stays to, uh, they know their formula. Yep. And people know that, you know, whatever Hallmark movie you put on like that, you know that if your children come in the room or anybody your grandmother comes in the room, everybody's going to be okay. What else, what else, what else did you have? What else? Uh, I listened to your podcast. I listened to the whole podcast. Thank you very much. Well, yeah, no, I enjoyed it because I enjoy the honesty of it. And, and just like I enjoy reading reviews. And so other things that people were, had concerns about, like there were some technical things I noticed that people talk about the loudness of the music and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, well, I don't my, my critique is... My critique was they were using stereotypical Caribbean music to convey oh. that the mom was like in a tropical vacation. And I'm sitting there going like, you already mentioned it like 50 times throughout the movie that she was yeah. on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> and you were laughing about the green screen. <laughs> When I when the scene where she was like video 
conferencing with her daughter, I was thinking to myself, like, was somebody there with a blow dryer just to make her hair look? Oh, for sure. With her margarita. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But it wouldn't have been a blow dryer. It would have been somebody with a piece of cardboard going like this to move her hair. Absolutely. <laughs> movie magic. It's movie magic. Come on. <laughs> it was just, I was just, I was just thinking to myself, like, I don't think you needed all of that extra to say that you are, she's on vacation hey, in an we're island. To, we're, we're, we're committed to quality. We're committed. <laughs> I, am, I am so sorry. <laughs> no, don't be. But you know, what, you, know what, you know what's interesting is how educated audiences are now. 20 years ago, nobody would have noticed that because nobody knew what a green screen was. Now on YouTube and everything, all the secrets of movies are given away. So even when you watch Thor or Iron Man or 300, yeah. you'll notice the green screen sometimes and you'll yeah. go, the green screen. Well, that's a fake building in the background, right? Like your audience are so educated. And that's the thing that has been the challenge, I guess, for movies like Hallmark, things like that on the limited budgets that they, that the budgets that these companies have Yep. or are allocated to produce these movies, you'd be amazed at what oh, the non-budget is versus what they can produce at the end of the day. Because yeah. we shoot I, these movies. How many days do you think it takes us to shoot these movies? Like three weeks, two to three weeks. Yeah, that's right. It's 14 to 15 days. Yeah. yeah. And, and then you're like filmed in location and like yeah. you know, not just on that's a studio right. or whatever. So you're like filmed in a hotel. Freezing cold. <laughs> well, you know what? It, again, though, we're blessed to be able to go to the hotel and shoot there. Yeah. And we shot uh, like all the maple farm things outside of Ottawa at a, at a maple farm. And all the snow shooting, everything was all done there. And uh, it, what, was, it was. Which of the activities did you, that you did was your favorite? Like. Ah, well, you know what I. Okay. Well, what I really enjoyed was at the Ice Hotel which you don't see in the movie at all, they have ski hills that are basically tubing. Ooh. So my fiance and I, every day I'd go film. And a lot of the days I was there, I was only in shooting for an hour or two. Then I'd be out on the hill tubing. And so we were inner tubing and with the cast and the crew in between when people had days off. And there was also skating there. And you know what? It was, it was just a really nice time. Yeah, there were some long days for the crew. Like I got to hats off to the crew yeah. <laughs> they like i'm wearing heated socks and i've got a heated vest they take such good care of us yeah and the crew and everybody you know they're absolutely fantastic yeah. because they're the ones doing the 14 hours out there yes and and <laughs> you know like again i know we people you know admire what we do because we're in front of the camera we have the glorious ending that everybody gets to see us doing it right now and I'm not belittling our job or the difficulty of our job sometimes, but I'm saying that casting, I mean, the clues of films, the directors and the producers and the hours that they put in, like, it's just on another level. It's just different, but it's, it's absolutely on another level. For them to be outside, at the end of the day, when they wrap us, they're still out there tearing everything down. Like, wow, like they, but again, it's, it's out of love and they're so proud. They're so proud and so oh, yeah. great to work with. It took 30 days, 60 days to plan that movie. Yes. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's 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 amazing. Like in and the you know the 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 cast when I you know it's the first I worked with Steve Lund in another Christmas movie uh 10 years Christmas ago. Christmas Inc, right? 
Yes, Christmas Incorporated. That's right. And uh, yeah, it was I, fun to be. I searched you. <laughs> I knew you would. You're a pro. I figured you would. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was great to reunite with him and the rest of the actors that I, uh, I only got to meet everybody when we had a table read via Zoom, yeah. Skype, uh, about a month or maybe three weeks before we started filming. Yes. The director, Marita, wanted. So we had one of these Zoom meetings and I got to meet everybody and we read the script. And uh, it was nice to see everybody. And it was great to see how it all came together and, and what it takes. And uh, we had a lot of fun in, <laughs> you know, like snow, like there are a lot of things that people don't see like different takes, right? Yeah. And uh, like in the snowshoeing, when we first started snowshoeing, there was one take where I just stumbled off and I staggered off and I fell into the, into the, into the snow on the oh, side of the, on the side. And I wanted to add, you know, and they, they thought I did it on, they thought that I did it by accident. They didn't know I did it on purpose. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, cause they came running over after the, you know, cut, are you all right? And I started laughing. Oh yeah, of course. I, they go, I go, I did, I did that on purpose. And they were like, Oh, but it goes to show you too. What's interesting about that is that, Again, it goes to the saying that the genre of the movie, in Hallmark movies, they're very careful about even those kind of things, about yeah. people falling, getting hurt. Like the only thing that fell in this movie is, is, is a dessert. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, again, it's, it's understanding what we're, what we're making in the way that, you know, that, you know, they would say, you know, it's, it's, it's in here. Between, you can play anywhere between these two lines. And then when they get to editing, these lines become here. And it's, uh, again, no, but they're so fun to do. And they bring joy to people. And aside from the, uh, the caramel in the hair or the, the toffee, the, the syrup in the hair, yeah. what, what, what other scenes did you like in the movie? Um, I, I liked, um, there was, I love the globe, the black globe. I have a glass blower person. Yeah. They, we do a lot, they do a lot of glass blowing art here in Hawaii and stuff. And I think it's so beautiful. They actually, here in the North Shore, they have like these shops where you could actually watch them make the blown glass stuff. Wow. And it's so interesting. It's so pretty. And I love doing that stuff. But um, actually, one of my Mother's Day gets this couple of years ago for my mom was a little glass ornament for her that was like custom made kind of thing it was like red and green well, see that was the joke of, of mine right i can say it's a masterpiece it's a it's a it's, it's a paperweight for god's sakes like, yeah i know i saw that it was funny i was like what is that supposed to sh be shaped like it's a paperweight because... when in doubt it's a paperweight <laughs> <laughs> Funny. But it is. We had fun. What was your favorite scene to film? Um, would you say? My favorite scene to film would have been. I enjoyed. I like the last scene when I deliver her the ice castle. Uh. And, and bring them back together. Yeah, it was nice to uh, have that moment with Jocelyn and Jocelyn's character to uh, inspire love. I think it's yeah. fun. And you, uh, you were kind you know, of Cupid. <laughs> you, you were playing Cupid. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's exactly 
exactly what I was. And I was blessed, you know, I, I had such fun with my wardrobe with yeah. this film. Uh, the director and the wardrobe people were absolutely fantastic, yeah. allowing me to have a lot of influence on my wardrobe. So if this guy's French, that's why I chose the coat, the big furry collar, and then, you know, the, the beret. And, uh, you know, when I was snowshoeing, that was the only time I was actually being practical. I said, just give me a warm coat and a warm pair of pants. And a... <laughs> I did not I know how long we were going to be out there. And I didn't want to be freezing. So I said, okay, this is the one practical outfit I'm going to wear. Like, I'm staying warm here. But actually, the hotel is not as cold as you think it is. It's, it's, uh, it's cool. You're, you're, it's kind of like a fridge. But it, there's always blankets and there's always big coats and, and, and stuff. And, and by the way, you, I heard you mentioned on your podcast, you asked how can people get to walk into other people's rooms during the day? Well, the reality is nobody leaves their stuff in that room. When you rent a room at the Ice Hotel, you actually get a room in the regular hotel mm -hmm. to stay in, and then you get to go stay at night in the Ice Hotel for the experience of it. So for families and people who chicken out or are not comfortable or something happens, they've always got their home base of a warm place to stay. Right. So their clothes and they stay there. They just... It was funny at night when we were rapping, you see all these families coming out wearing like their robes and, and toques and they're coming out to go sleep in the hotel. So that's why we were able to film all day because nobody stays in the hotel during the day. Oh, wow. They're, they're I did not know out. that. Yeah, they're all they're out on the hill having fun or skiing or cross-country skiing or tobogganing or tubing. Yeah, that scene where he was, you know, showing her around to other rooms. Yeah. thinking myself like, how... Is that possible? Are these people's yeah. other rooms, other people's rooms? I would not be happy if somebody, the just, yeah. they just, just came into my room and was like, hey, this is a, I'm like, what are you doing here? Oh, it's true. Because uh, it's like a museum during the day. And at night, people go in and they, in the morning, they clean it up. And again, the safety protocols were fantastic. The hotel is very responsible with everything like that. The, uh, the production company is extremely responsible about that as well, about all, all our COVID testing and all those kind of things. So um, during the day, it's like I said, it's a museum. Like they're giving tours. So basically they were avoiding us while we were filming. And uh, I've got a funny, a very funny uh, little video. It's like 10 seconds on my YouTube channel. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure it's public. But the slide that you see in the movie that they're yeah. sliding down, it's actually there for real. Yeah. And uh, I was filming my fiance coming down and I didn't realize how fast she was going to come down. And she takes me out at the bottom. So you just see the camera there. Then you hear, Oh geez. <laughs> and my feet, and we, and we fall. <laughs> anyway, like a little, a little uh, ice slide blooper, but uh, it, it was all the artworks amazing. And uh, it, 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 it's really a, a fantastic advertisement. Or the yeah. ice hotel itself like oh yeah it's, it's beautiful it looked beautiful all the carvings and all of the architectural stuff was that was going on i mean yeah. for me i was sitting i could i could i just didn't know how that's possible <laughs> it, it to me it was an architect like i said in the podcast it was an architectural mystery to me because i don't know how how long does that how long does it take to build that year yeah. what if there isn't enough snow 
you know, what if it's too long for that? Yeah, because like I said, on the podcast, global warming is happening, you know? There yeah. might be a time where there's not enough snow for the hotel or whatever. And it's like... Well, the hotel actually opens January to March. Mm-hmm. And it closes at the end of March. Yeah. Uh, and they use October, November, December to build it. Wow. And when, before COVID hit, we were actually supposed to film this film last year. Yeah. Like we, we, we actually filmed this film in January. Yeah. And they edited it, put it together very quickly for it to be out now. Yeah. But last year during COVID, I was actually driving, or actually I got on the train, like I called the producer that morning because I knew they were going to make an announcement for COVID. I go, are we still, are we still on? Like, I go, do I get on this train? Because I was, it's filmed in Ottawa and I'm in Toronto. And, uh, he goes, yeah. So I get on the I get on the train to get out there, do all my fittings and everything. They're filming their first day. Boom. COVID. We get shut down. Yeah. And you know, the producer, I, I'm on my way to the hotel, the producer on my phone, I see the number and I go, oh hey, I, I are we going for dinner or something? And he's like, uh, no, I'm sending you home. And it was like, what? So we had to wait until no, obviously. At the end of March, the Heist Hotel melts. So there was no way we, you know, honestly, I didn't even know if it was ever going to get made. I really didn't know if this movie was going to get made. And I'm so grateful that it did because I had I had just a blast. I mean, we're having a lot of fun. I saw, I saw the pictures and stuff. You guys looked like you guys had so much fun filming it. We did. We did. There's such good people. Like in these, in this production company that makes these films in Ottawa, they're so close and I'm actually shooting another film next week with a different company here. Uh, uh, like I work with Fireside Productions in mm-hmm. Ottawa. And next week I'm filming with Brain Power Studios here in Toronto. And again, both these companies are such great companies. The crews are tight. Um, and you need it. It's almost like a family. And because and that's what it takes to make one of these films under these conditions. And what's amazing about these amazing companies is that They've either, they they film back to back to back. So while they're filming one, they're preparing another. Right. And so they get the weekend off and they're starting a new film that week. And then sometimes you have two or three going at the same time. It's just amazing these companies, how they work, but they're, they, you need to be tight if you're going to be able to produce something of that kind of quality. And, uh, you know, they, when you look at the cast that they brought together for this film, Ice Hotel, um, it was the first time I'd worked with a lot of them but I'd seen their work before. Yes. And uh, it was an absolute pleasure. It was an absolute pleasure. And, 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 and see, again, people adapt to different characters or the thought that goes into how, like, because there's one thing for us to memorize lines. Yes. And then we get there because we don't know what we're looking at until we get there. Yeah. By the way, this is your environment. This is your dinner, dinner table. This is your dining room. This is your... You know, and uh, it, it's, you have to adapt right there with what you're doing. So a lot of it is made up on the spot. Like, the, you know, the, I only knew that there was going to be maple syrup in my, on my hat. <laughs> okay, so I didn't know that uh, we didn't plan for me to put my glove in my hair. And, oh, my God, right? Like, we didn't know that. And... Again, the real maple syrup, it's real maple syrup that we're using there and we're trying to put it on the sticks. And I grew up in the East Coast, so I've done this a lot. Yeah. 
Madras and Akas had most of them had never experienced maple syrup on the snow before. So they they're trying to roll up on their popsicle sticks. And so every take I'd be handing somebody else mine because I've done it so much growing up. <laughs> I'm handing out suckers while I'm getting ready to get my head uh it's too funny. <laughs> with maple syrup. Great memories. I was I've never uh, actually been to Canada. So the funny part listening to you is um, I I think of Canada as this just big country, you know, and like everybody's. It is. Yeah. But the way you're describing it, it seems like there's like different cultures, different activities sort of in mm -hmm. different areas of Canada. And I never thought of it like that. You know what I mean? Well, I, you said that you're in Hawaii. Yes. Right? Hawaii is different than the United States. Yeah. I mean, but we have an ocean away from the United yeah, States. No, yeah, no, that's true. That's true. But for instance, Quebec has a language. Yeah. That, French, Canadian. You know, French, yeah. It's it's officially, uh, I think it's officially bilingual. But yes, outside of Montreal, everything's, I think Montreal is a bilingual city and the rest of the province is very French. Yeah. And so it's, uh, and Quebec City is another world. Like Quebec City looks like it's out of Europe or something. It's, 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 Incredibly beautiful, uh, you know, very old architecture. And uh, it's, but in Canada, we're so spread out that if you go to British Columbia, you have a certain vibe, certain earthy, bohemian. Uh, and also it's very influenced by the Asian culture because being the ocean between Japan and China and Thailand, whereas the East Coast Canada is very influenced by Europe because that's the side the Europeans <laughs> migrated to. And then in the middle, you've got Toronto and Montreal that, it, that were for years the, the, the epicenters of, of business. And, uh, and, and again, the Atlantic Canadians were very, I come from Atlantic Canada, yeah. very normal for me to see people lobster fishing and fresh lobster when you want it. And whereas other people around, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a great country. Just like the United States, again, has difference. You know, and yes, like you said, there's an ocean between Hawaii and, and the United States, but uh, Canada's pretty darn big. There's, a, there's an ocean, an ocean of land, a flat land called the Prairie Provinces in Canada that are between uh, British Columbia and the rest of the country on the other side. And we also have the Rocky Mountains that separate us. So it it's pretty wild. It's, it's a beautiful it, country. It, it's just, um, how do I say this? It just never hit me how big it is if that makes yeah. sense yeah <laughs> i mean it's bigger than the united states i think yeah. but yeah it's just yeah. hit me how big it is yeah well yeah it's technically yeah it is and uh <laughs> and something else that not a lot of people know is that 20 percent of the world's fresh water is in canada mm. with the great lakes because of how big they are like yeah. nobody realizes how big they really are like Holmes. in comparison to the world how was working with Jocelyn and Steve? Like, right. I think no, you said it. Was this your first time working with Jocelyn? Yes. Yeah. And and uh, this is the first time I think. I think it was Jocelyn's first movie where she was number one on the call sheet. Yeah. Number one is the star, basically. Yeah. And then there's the co-star Steve, and then there's the supporting cast. Yeah. And uh, Jocelyn was actually a great leader, and and Steve as, as well. Like he. He supported, uh, you know, he was co-starring with Jocelyn, but they were both very encouraging, very easy to work with. And uh, 
again, the, the whole cast was because these kind of companies, one thing people need to understand is that Hallmark uses a lot of the same actors. Yes, they do. And it's because they're easy to work with. Right. Because these small production companies that are, in, that are hired and contracted to produce these films are under tight budgets, tight schedules. And there's not a lot of room for prima donnas. There's just no room for that. No, but <laughs> there's just not because it, you just can't. And you know, I don't, I'll say that even goes for Hollywood movies. Yeah. People who are prima donnas eventually get pushed aside. Yeah. Because unless you're the 0.001% of the best actors in the world, unless your name is Meryl Streep or Anthony Hopkins, people aren't going to put up with your stuff. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. Nobody's going to put up with that. They're going to, they're going to look elsewhere eventually because yep. this business is, it's hard enough when you're spending that much time with people that you can't be bothered dealing with, with somebody that's not easy to get along with or, and yes. isn't a team player, you know? And, and that's the other thing I'll say about acting is that, you know, every day on set's a great day. And there are some days where I'm a star and there's other days where I'm a team player, where I have a much smaller role and it doesn't matter. I'm blessed to be doing what I love and be able to earn a living doing what I love and to be able to share with people. That's why I love talking to you and, and sharing the experiences and if you have questions about behind the scenes or about the industry or anything like that or or even like you said listen there there are there are roles that i've done that i look at and i go wow that's terrible, that's just terrible. <laughs> you know but you know what that was the best that i was on that day yeah right so i would i do it differently yes but it is what it is and i forgive myself and i move on and yeah. And that's why that's why I don't mind reading the comments, and and I and and I'm glad that you're honest about how you feel about the movie. There's nothing wrong with saying this isn't my favorite movie. This is it wasn't it wasn't your favorite movie. I disagree. I like it. Yeah, we all to... have different tastes, I guess, and that's and I that's one thing that um, I keep telling people is that it's okay to not like something. It's okay to not. Yeah be the biggest fan of something that doesn't mean that you don't like the people that work on the show or are appreciative of their work it's just not your taste and that's fine yes. it, 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 it's about being having an opinion and respectfully conveying that opinion mm. because people are going to appreciate you and your podcast much more if you're honest yeah right I've seen this, you know, how many years you, you hear, oh, this is it's the greatest thing, the greatest thing, the greatest thing in the world, it's the greatest wine, it's the greatest, this. you're like, this is terrible. Like, who's promoting it? And then you don't trust that person anymore. Yeah. So, no, it's good that you have, that you have an opinion. I don't have to agree with it, but I understand what you're saying. I love to hear your thoughts on, because I'm on the inside, so it's harder for me sometimes to be objective. Yeah. Right? Because I'm in love with it, right? Yeah. It's, it, it, it's, it's fun. I got to do what I love. I do have, I like it. I, I said on the podcast, I said that um, the coast, the supporting cast, you, like yourself and um, Melinda, were like highlights for me because I was cheering on mo more Brigitte than I was Hannah. <laughs> I was, right. I was pretty much, I was understanding where Brigitte, Brigitte's like, Girl, this is my job. Like, back yeah. up. <laughs> absolutely. No, absolutely. And there's a lot of people that think like you. And that's the beauty of these movies is that, you know, there's, 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 there's two. And then people are going to root for the one that they relate to and the one that they, you know, that something touches them inside of them. And they're going to 
relate to that particular person. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, that's, that's have, what's beautiful. And I like your comedic moments. I do. I was laughing the most on some of your scenes. One <laughs> other thing that I touched upon is like you're incognito, you're supposed to be incognito and they, yeah. like the hotel employees were supposed to not know you're the reviewer, but yet they're acting like you're special. So I'm sitting there yeah. going, how come nobody's noticed that? Why are they, why are they like rolling out this able schemer just for him? <laughs> That's exactly it. That's why I looked surprised even at first. Like I was like, what's going on here? Like, like, can I lighten up? Because in the end of the day, I, you know, I like, you know, you know, so you able- know but thank you for the upgrade. Thank you for the special dessert. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> that's, but, but when that, aren't, aren't a lot of reviewers like that, they, they pretend that they don't want to be treated special, but they love being treated special. They do. So that's how I did. I just was like, yeah, I'm going to go with it. And again, it was, uh, that's why they didn't, the Marita, the director, didn't want me to be too perfect with the accent because yeah. it, it, they felt it would make me look less intelligent. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Everybody's like being polite, not saying anything, but we're all in on it. We all know who I am. Thank you for the upgrade. Thank you for the the the, the fabulous able skiver. And uh, <laughs> did you actually yeah. eat the real able skiver? And how did it taste? I've never had one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Here's some more movie magic for you. What did the dessert look like? The one that fell down, that got knocked over. Pancakes. Yeah, that's <laughs> probably what it was, right? <laughs> Yeah. 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 I, was, I, I had no idea what, the, what it's supposed to really look like. The able, so skier, was, the able skier was made out of donuts. <laughs> Do you have Tim Hortons over there in Hawaii? Yes, we have donuts. The glazed, honey glazed uh, limits. Like the donut holes? Yeah, that's what they are. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, what was, made out of. I was thinking to myself, that's what it looked like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, movie magic. We all have to extend. We all have to allow ourselves to bend the reality sometimes, just like with green screens and, you know, like with Abel Skyver as well, you know, it's, 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 and my accent. And, and I was talking to my brother this morning in Japan and he was uh, saying he just watched the movie and he was laughing about how bad my accent was. And I was, I was like, what? I, I was like, supposed to be it was just supposed to be not perfect because you know anyway we were just teasing, he was teasing me it was just funny it was just funny. i actually thought that that was intentional where you, when you were being mr green you had the english accent but when you were like talking to um jocelyn who knew you were louis you took out you, your french accent came out more right so, you know what i mean and that's, and that's the way, and that's the way that, and I, I remember this in, in particular, when I'm looking, when she invites me to go snowshoeing, yeah. I was talking to her in a very French accent, even though Steve's character is only like 10 feet away sitting on the couch. But I figured that I could talk to her quietly enough. And, but uh, again, uh, Marita, the director asked me to, she goes, Randy, can you maybe just like 
barely let's hear the French accent, but just not, you know, let's, let's keep it. Let's not confuse the audience too much with who you really are. And, and uh, I said, okay, no problem. So we dialed it back and uh, you know, yeah. again, I remember that particular scene and that was the thing about the accent. Cause to me, in a, in, in a, in a, in a dramatic film, my accent would only have been shown right at the beginning when I shushed her and said, kids keep the secret between us kind of thing. And then you would never have heard my accent again until yeah. the end of the movie when I read my review on the voiceover. Yes. Right? That would have been the last time. I would only, it would have been only the beginning and at the end. But they didn't want that because they felt that if I spoke too perfectly with an American accent too much, then people would forget that my character was the reviewer. So again, it was decisions that we make on the fly that, to have a little bit of fun and, you know, like, you know, I'm like, the last scene, I'm wearing a beret that I got to keep. I, got, I kept the beret. I kept the beret and I even kept the toffee hat. I, uh, oh, that is too funny. You know, yeah. I, I, the whole time, when you were like wearing the beret, I was thinking of those, you know, those you, Olympic opening games where they, yeah. the teams yes. go, <laughs> go into the stadium and they all wear the same clothes and a lot. What country did I then? Huh? What country would I have been? Looney Tune or what, you thought I was French? <laughs> no, I've seen many American teams wear those kind of berets. <laughs> the whole like Navy. I was like, I was thinking to myself, like, did they like, you know, borrow the outfit from the U.S. Olympic team? <laughs> I was. Not, I got to give Marita, the director, full credit on the beret because uh, <laughs> she wanted me to wear it, and and. She didn't have, she didn't, she gave me leeway on everything else. She said, I, but I just really like you to wear this beret. <laughs> so, uh, funny. It did. I, thought it was, I, I enjoyed wearing it. It was, it was fun. That's why at the end, you know, I come in very French and you know, when I say bonjour, and I come up, just the lady <laughs> I was looking for. And I start giving her, then I give her the ice castle because she should remember the trip more than me. And uh, so we had, you know, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, that was great. Um, so what other roles would you like to play? Like what dream roles would you like to play for um, Hallmark possibly in the future? Hallmark. Oh, wow. Well, you or, know any, I, or, or for any channel. No, no, absolutely. No, no. I love, I, there was a movie that was done that Melinda was in actually called Pit for a Prince. Yes. And it was just the Cinderella story, basically. Yes. I thought Melinda was fantastic in that movie, by yes. the way. And but I would love I to do for that. Pardon me? I interviewed her for that. Yes, did you? I'll, I'll have to try to find that. That one. was the one that she told us she had just finished filming. Yeah. Oh wow, cool, cool, so, yeah. Not telling us that she was filming this movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I I would love to play. I haven't played the romantic lead in any of these movies yet. Yeah. I'm hoping that uh, I get offered that from Hallmark, or I'll keep auditioning for it. The, the interesting thing, again, about Hallmark is that because of my age, typically I'm, my demo, I'm, I'm too old for that character, typically. But as we're seeing in, in movies right now, um, there are series and things that are aging up. Like, because you look at the Hallmark demographic, it's typically aging a little bit, right? It's yeah. probably my generation. I'm 53. And so I don't think it's going to be... Uh, impossible for me to become a lead in Hallmark movies because they're going to start a, a, adapting to that aging demographic, I believe. 
And uh, there, there'll be opportunities for that. Yeah. Yeah. And because, I, you know, I, Batman's already been taken. I can't, Ben Affleck's got that. So I can't play Batman because I would, I would always have been a dream of mine. And James Bond, you know, Daniel Craig's got a lock on that for a little while longer. So <laughs> nothing I can do about that. And, you know, Top Gun 2 has been done without me. I'm upset about that. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, who who are some dream actors that you would like to work with? Oh, you would have loved to work with. Well, unfortunately, I'm not going to get a chance to act with Sean Connery. I would always I know. Uh, love to work with him. Uh, Anthony Hopkins, Meryl Streep, Kate Blanchett. Mm. But also, you know, I'd love to be in one of these superhero movies. I, I think they're absolutely fun. You know, and you want to talk about green screen. Are you a Marvel fan or a DC fan? Actually, I... I've always wanted to play Batman, but I love, I love, I got to say, I love uh, the Marvel universe and uh, I have a lot of fun watching that. My fiance is big on the Marvel universe and uh, you know, we love, <laughs> we love Deadpool and all that kind of stuff. Are, are you a fan of those movies as well? I am. I'm a huge, I grew up watching X-Men and cartoons ah, and stuff and I watched um I love Batman movies as yeah. well. But yeah. I do have to say that I think Marvel movies is just a little bit better. <laughs> I mean, they've definitely been holding uh, the most of the public opinion yeah. as far as preference yeah. goes. I'm very grateful for every day that I'm on the set. And the reason being is that nobody in the world cares if I ever act again except for myself and maybe my mother and my fiance, right? Nobody's going to miss me if I'm gone. And I don't mean that in a, in a negative way. I just mean, that's, it's life. I mean, even, you know, if something unfortunately happened to Robert Downey, there'd be another Iron Man, yeah. right? It's just, it's just, we evolve and yeah. things change and change can be good sometimes. And yeah. of course it's unfortunate when people pass away, like that. Chadwick. Yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. You know, of course it would have been nice to get an opportunity to be on stage or to work with him as well. But yeah, yeah I, uh, Something else uh, I'm mentioning coming back to Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man. I was actually Robert Downey's double back in uh, 2003 in the movie oh, Gothic with Halle Berry, the year Halle Berry won the Oscar. And then uh, I was his double. And I got, so I got to work with them for a few weeks. That was a lot of fun. How was it working with him? Oh, good, 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 good. He's a, he's a character, I tell you. He's a, he's a personality. Is, and, he, uh, is he like Iron Man? Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I've heard that that's the case. With... Perfect, perfectly cast. Perfectly cast. And, and Hallie was an angel to work with as well. She was a... And I, what I was upset about is I got cast in Roland Emmerich's uh, latest movie, Moonfall. They just finished yep. uh, filming. I had a role in that. And I was in Montreal and I thought I was going to be able to see Hallie again for the first time in 18 years. And I wasn't able to because of COVID. She had a quarantine. So that was depressed. That was not depressing. It was sad. A bit of a bummer that he didn't get a chance to, to meet her or see her again, I should say. And uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's 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 been a a, a great ride. Uh, I just love. I'm very blessed to do what I do, and that's why I'll always make the time to talk to you. you know, I, I appreciate I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. And you know, this business is is just it's cool. I just think it's fun. And that's why I love to share it with people. When I, you know, when I was filming Further Tales of the City back in, um, back around the year 2000, 
you know, I flew my parents down with me and, uh, you know, they got to we'll see San Francisco and we're San Francisco, we got to go to Alcatraz together. And for me, you know, like just bringing my fiance to the ice castle with me, things like that. You know, I, I want to be able to share these experiences with the people I care about because that's, I mean, what's the point? If I, I think that, I think, I, I think you're the second actor that I interviewed where like, you know, they talked to about like bringing a family on set and that was what yeah. made it special. Family, just, family is what makes like, you know, everything even better and stuff like that. And you gotta, and you gotta be able to give back. And, and, and that's um, back in 2003 when I was working with Hallie and Robert, um, my girlfriend at the time, her mother was dying unfortunately yeah. and uh, but Hallie was kind enough to give her a phone call for a while and let her know she was thinking about her and that she was going to pray for her and I thought that was just the scene made her day and took her mind off everything else she had going on just to pick up the phone and it's Holly Berry calling <laughs> so you know it was, it was you know I'd never forget that always grateful yeah. for that because again it's, it's special about, it gives you a story a moment that people will never forget you know, yeah. like I think I think it's kind of cool what they're doing with Cameo, so that yeah. app where you can get send people messages from stars and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, I look forward to getting on that. <laughs> Do you have Moving a question for us? For me? Do you have any questions for me? Yeah. Okay. So, um, what other actors do you follow? Like who? Like who would be your ultimate interview? As far as Hallmark actors go. I would die if I get to interview Tyler Hines. I want to interview Tyler Hines so badly. Tomorrow is my birthday too. So I'm sitting there oh, going like- hey, oh. happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. But I, 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 would, I would die and live happily in heaven if I get to interview <laughs> Tyler Hines. Oh, you'll get him. Yeah. You'll, you'll get him. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, thank you so much for letting me interview you. It was. Oh, so thank you. It was, it was a pleasure and an honor. And please, any other time I have films coming out, it'd be my pleasure to talk to you. Oh, definitely. Let's do that. Sorry, no. I have a movie called uh, "Evil Stepmom" coming out. Oh. Uh, that's, really? it's, it's a not a Hallmark, but it's a Lifetime movie. Oh. And then, of course, Moonfall with Roland Emmerich. I have a, a role. I play a lawyer. Uh, yeah. So what is Evil Stepmom sound? It sounds like a Cinderella story. <laughs> well, even, uh, yeah, exactly. No, but it is. Well, see, there's the thing. Is, again, when we talk about the genres of movie, you know, you have Hallmark, right? And then right. Li like the Lifetime and the Hallmark murder mysteries are a little bit more risque, yeah. not in a sexual way, but in a, in a, a, a murder, basically, right? Murder, she wrote, basically, right? right? People die, but nobody dies gruesomely. And stuff happens and evil stepmoms like that as well, where uh, it's a, it's a thriller, mm. but, but a thriller that is palatable to audiences of all ages. There's nothing, you know, overly uh, yeah. violent or aggressive about it. And, but, but it was a lot of fun to shoot. And I play a soccer coach again. I play the father and I'm a soccer coach. So I got to be on the field playing a lot of soccer and that was a lot of fun. You uh, still? Uh, play and no I, I don't play I, I, I'll kick a ball around stuff like that but I don't play because you know I, I just don't I can't afford to get hurt and my mind because of the level at which I played at growing up was uh 
my mind and my body, my body, you know, I can't, I, what's it saying in Top Gun? Your, your body's, you're, you're writing checks, your body can't cash. <laughs> that, that sums it up right there. I don't write checks on my body anymore. I just... <laughs> that is funny. Well, listen, thank you so much. And, thank uh, you. and um, again, congrats on your- Thank you. And, you know, it would have been fun though if you got married at the chapel while your girlfriend was there. We're like, hey, let's well, get there. Yeah, the fam the, our families might have been upset though. We have Italian families, so they would have been upset not to be there. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. And thank I you. You take care and uh, aloha. No? Aloha. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Randy, for letting me interview you. It's been a pleasure. Um, in conclusion, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, TuneIn, Alexa, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. Follow us on all social media platforms. Our Instagram page is Hallmark Heartbeats, Facebook page, Hallmark Heartbeats Podcast, and Twitter. Hallmark Heart B1. Buy us a coffee on www.buymeacoffee.com slash hmarkheartbeats. I've included two levels of membership in our Buy Me A Coffee page. Americano level is $1 a month. You get to have a say on which movie I review for weeks Hallmark doesn't release new movies. Caramel Macchiato level is $5 a month. You get access to never-before-released podcasts. I currently have three right now on the site reviewing October Kiss and the first two movies of the One Winter Trilogy, One Winter Weekend and One Winter Proposal. Later this week, I will be reviewing the movie Birthday Wish, especially since May is my birthday month. Also at this level, you get access to raw, unedited footage of all interviews. For example, this interview with Randy, there's 15 minutes extra that I edited out that will be on Buy Me A Coffee. We talk about our love of the DC Universe and Marvel and also talk about Chadwick Boseman. All links are in our link tree in our bio. For the next podcast that will be released May 17th is Sweet Carolina Recap. It's a movie starring Lacey Chabert and Tyler Hines. I will be joined with the guest co-host Charlie Fields from the Thirsty for Hallmark podcast. For the month of June, Hallmark will be doing a summer night series, releasing four whole new movies. First up is You Had Me at Aloha starring Kavon Smith and Pascal Hutton. The podcast really reviewing it will be released June 7th. I will be joined with Callie, who is the blogger for Hallmarkey's blog. So see you guys on Monday. Hope you guys enjoy your week and thank you for listening. Bye.